And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? The StreamYard uh, chat got started off right. Trey Brown saying, bring Russ back to OKC. Dylan Walker replying, no. No. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh, last night, probably the first time where I actually felt bad for us watching that game. Yeah. I, there were probably, I could have probably felt worse before this, but for some reason, that game last night, uh, I was like, I don't, I came out of that game and then Harrison Fagan who who writes for Silver Screen and Roll said this too. Like it feels untenable. Yeah. Like how can how can we do like th- three more months of this? Did you see like all the post game stuff too? Oh, I know. Like LeBron like asked, "Can you be as good as Milwaukee? A team like Milwaukee, who is underperforming, by the way. Like Milwaukee right. is not Phoenix this yeah. season, and." LeBron just flat out said, no, we cannot get to Milwaukee's level, which is unbelievable that they're just like, yeah, we can't do it. I just, it was, that was sad looking, especially having Anthony Davis sitting next to LeBron, just kind of (laughs) like awkwardly there as LeBron is answering this question. Uh, And then Russ, oh, oh no, Russ, Russ saying that he thought booing was a sign of respect. Um, you know, it's, it is such a perfect bad storm for him right now, because we always talked about like Russ is loud. Everything he does is loud. Oh yeah. When he, when he scores game winning buckets, he does it in like miraculous fashion. His assists are insane. So are his turnovers. Like every, all his mistakes are loud too. And so now he's in an environment where, you combine that loudness with like people being f- like r- ready to erupt at him after every single turnover, and just e- every one of those big turnovers just comes more and more magnified. Mm-hmm. And like he only had four last night, but it felt like he had ten because each one you could just <laughs> feel like everything go out from the crowd, like yeah. all the energy. Yeah, yeah. There is something about his turnovers that 
and in in contrast, like watching Josh Giddy turn the ball over. Like every time he turns the ball over, I could I could I always say to myself things like, "Oh, I could see why he did that." You know, you know. Actually, <laughs> I I want to talk about that because I've been uh, I, it has felt like he's turning the ball over more currently than he did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but you look at his game log, and that doesn't really hold true. No, but I think what I what I might be seeing is that teams are now scouting for Giddy a lot better and know that he's going to make some of these ridiculous cross-court passes. Sure. And you saw it in the game against Portland, like Robert Covington, very good off-ball defender, picked mm-hmm. him off multiple times. Mm-hmm. In the Sacramento game, Harrison Barnes picked him off like three different times on some cross-court passes. Maybe that's what it is. Like, like teams are finally starting to learn, like, oh, this guy will whip a cross-court pass to the corner at any mm-hmm. second, so you have to be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, I, I do think that, and Mark talked about this a little bit on Monday night, that like, they they understand that like he hasn't played this many games ever. <laughs> he's yeah. in, the, in the midst of a season where he's never played this many games. And they're, you know, they're going to sit him a lot more. Not that they're going to sit him for entire games, but they're going to not play him more than 30 minutes a night, which I thought was kind of interesting. Got to see more Teo. <laughs> we need more who, Teo Maladone. Who continues to just like, I don't, I don't know what he's, he does. I don't know what he does anymore. He's the best at doing nothing. <laughs> he's really, he's really good at it. Like he played 10 minutes against Golden State, didn't take a shot. Just, you know, and, and had chances to. I had mean, chances. Obviously. Two he, turnovers, have, two rebounds and assists. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, his is he's one of the most uninspiring NBA players out there. <laughs> it, it's rough. Uh, I thought that that game was fun, though. Last couple games have it been was fun. Very fun. Going yeah. back to the the Sacramento game, you know, one of the things we've been talking about Giddy's handle a little bit, and you sure. know, some of the concerns with it. Yeah, and I w- and I was kind of excited to see that matchup just because oh, here's a ball hawk in Davion Mitchell. Let me see how Giddy handles that. Mm-hmm. And actually, for the most part. I, th- I mean, that was one of his best games of the season offensively. Yeah. And and I was pretty impressed with how he handled their defense. Then with Golden State, like, it was a different level with Gary Payton. Yeah. <laughs> like, Giddy trying to get around him or through him or, like, splitting a, a double team or something like that. Like, it just wasn't working yeah. as well against Gary Payton. Yeah. it was. There's one possession in particular that... It happened like right in front of me. I was watching him. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> he was really <laughs> right, trying to get right. around him and really forcing it. And then it was just like, nope, not going to happen. So, because that's the kind of thing like thinking down the road. Because mm-hmm. right now, I mean, this, we're kind of in the gravy section. We're, we're just kind of enjoying this team. We're, mm-hmm. you know, any th- these players could become anything, Andrew. Yeah. They could be anything. They could. They're, gonna, they're all going to reach their ceiling. Yeah. But thinking about Giddy in a playoff scenario and how another team would attack him. Mm-hmm defensively yeah that that's that's where i want to see the growth from him like next year into the these next couple years before they they make the playoffs because his thing where he like picks up his dribble all the time like i don't that i don't think that's a great long term because eventually people are going to know that he's immediately passing out of that like when he goes around the screen he's going to pick up his dribble and pass Mm -hmm. and they're going to be ready for it Mm -hmm. so I'm, i'm interested to see how that part of his game develops yeah, he's, he's obviously just, so talented, but yeah, his handle's got to get better. I mean, and I think he knows that, and the team knows that. So I, I'm not 
super concerned about it. For a 19-year-old, what he's done this season has been kind of crazy. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not concerned about Josh, especially like he's. There's some of the guys on the team, and really guys around the NBA that you worry about just talking to them post game. Just like, are they gonna, are they gonna figure it out? Like, do they know what it takes to get better? You know, and yeah. with Josh, like it doesn't seem like a question, and it doesn't seem like a question to the coaching staff either. You know, I asked, yeah, I asked Mark about just his shot selection in general. He's like. He's like, listen, like I just trust the decisions that he makes. You know, I'm not really instructing him on what shots to take. Whereas with other guys, Mark's like, yeah, I'm telling them that these are the kind of shots they need to take. So, well, it was cool seeing. Uh, what game was it when he? It, it was what game was it when he threw the out of bounds play, the cut to Kenrich, Dallas at the end of it. God, I'm already like, for how many games? That felt like it was the last game, but I think there's been like four games since that. But it, it, it was cool seeing in that Golden State game, Mark actually drew up an out-of-bounds play to do something just like that. And and he got another like cut to Kenrich, and, yeah. and Kenrich scored. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about Josh. I'm just already starting to think, you know, long-term, what does he need to work on to be good in, the play, in a playoff setting? Mm-hmm. Um, because, I, cause you even could see it on Twitter, like during that game, Golden State fans were like, man, all, everyone is checked out right now on <laughs> the Warriors. Like, like a few guys care about this game, like Gary Payton, but like everyone else seems pretty checked out. And you even saw that at the end of the game when all of a sudden Steph and Clay are just like, okay, the game's over. Yeah, this is the done. game's over. We're yeah. done with this. Stop. Like they're like the Thunder are just like this gnat that is just like flying <laughs> right. around. They're like, all right, we're eventually going to get you, you know? <laughs> yeah. It did. It felt like that from the from the jump, where the Thunder were winning, and like Steve Kerr was pretty frustrated, but you could just tell that the Warriors were gauging like how how hard do we actually have to play here? Like what? How far do we have to go here? Yeah, and it turned out like they had to actually really turn it on there for at least a little bit, which is yeah for credit to the Thunder because teams that win. You know, 16 games usually you can put them away with just you know really just putting them in putting them in the offense putting them in the Warriors offense and it's like all right you guys can't keep up with this and you know the Thunder did a good job I uh I also have been enjoying this recent stretch of games because Trey Mann's getting more minutes but he's also finally taking a lot of shots yeah. every game yeah. or a decent number of shots every game. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been pretty like he, he's been missing a lot of shots, although he was, you know, good from three in that game against Golden State. But what I liked was if you go and look at the game cast for that game and look at all the different shot charts for every player, there's no players that are taking mid range shots on this team. Really? Yeah. Like it's all in the paint and threes. Trey is the one guy who is taking multiple shots in the mid range, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't work out for him. He missed. I think he took three in that game. He missed all three. Yep. But he has displayed some ability in terms of like touch with a floater, potentially, and and just his moves that he can do. Where you could imagine him being like a mid range assassin, assassin at some point. Yeah. And that and that opening up his game a lot more because then he could potentially be a three level scorer. Mm-hmm. And, and now his ceiling like shoots up. But I was just glad to see him taking those shots because it, it's nice to have somebody on the team who can attack that middle area. And yeah. he seems willing to do it. Yeah, and he can he can really shoot it. And once he 
kind of figure some stuff out. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if if Trey became like a like a really good score. You know, a guy yeah. that could put in like fifteen points a night regularly. You yeah. know, he's got that kind of ceiling. I don't know if he'll if he'll get there or not is gonna be really it's gonna be up to him because he's got all the talent in the world to get there. And Mark continues to kind of focus on the right things with him where it's just like you just you can't get cooked when you're out there. You have to compete and you have to play this way on defense. And he's I asked Mark about Steph because like the ultimate version of Trey Mann would be Steph Curry and obviously like he's not going to get there but like if if yeah. you were to like model his game after somebody like Steph would be one of the guys and I just asked him if he ever like sits down and watches film of other players with Trey and he said yeah. the, the only cut that he's ever watched with Trey of another player that wasn't the Thunder and he's like, and I'm not going to tell you who this who this player was, but he was Dion like, Waiters. It was Dion Waiters. And he said <laughs> it was a a play of a superstar player calling, basically signaling for a switch to get a, a, a single player onto him like four times in a row, and he mm. cooked him all four times. And he was just showing Trey like you can't be this, like and like to be clear like that's why he went so late in the draft and that's why he was kind of a guy that people thought the thunder reached on was because everybody thought that he was going to be that guy that would just get cooked on defense over and over again oh man when you were describing that story i was thinking about it offensively like he was trying to give him a boost in comments like i want to i want you to be the kind of guy who calls for the screen no no no. you're talking defensively defense defense (laughs) okay he was like i mean mark was illustrating this is almost this is who you are yeah and if you don't get better this is what's going to happen to you <laughs> you know right and it's just fun like that's just it's very mark like that comment was just very very mark where he's not i would be it would almost have been shocking to me if he's like oh yeah we sit down and we watch stuff you know curl around screens and i <laughs> Yeah, no. He just he just wants him to learn to play defense this year. That's that is the message to Trey is defend and you will last in the league. And if you don't, you're going to get cooked and you'll be gone, which I think is right. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, at least you're seeing some of those hustle plays off ball. Yeah, like when he had that play where he missed the shot, but then immediately attacked the player who's getting the inbounded ball. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he immediately went back and, yeah. and attacked that guy and got the ball and and went out of bounds and it was Thunderball. Like that was awesome. That was that an was, awesome play. That was a fun play. And the crowd, it was probably the loud one of the loudest moments of the season. Where the in a random moment and not like a crunch time moment where like the crowd yeah. really got into it when he did that. And Trey has said before that he he you know enjoys the crowd getting behind him and stuff like that. So. I thought that was a cool moment for him overall. Uh, Alex, you ever been in the deal zone? Oh, I heard that Brian Winhurst said we are officially in the deal zone with uh, Ben Simmons and James Harden. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you've been like, you know what? I am definitely in the deal zone. Wow. In the deal. Uh, you know what? I was just in the deal zone this morning, Andrew. Is that right? 
I was on uh, Amazon.com. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, you know, going through the board games that I might want in my home, <laughs> adding them to my wish list of board games. And what do I find? An Amazon deal, buy three for two, Andrew. And I wow. was able to get three board games for the price of two. By the way, Andrew, then I have an Amazon gift card. Took it down to $12 wow. for three brand new board games pretty exciting you are absolutely in the deal zone what games I are we talking the... what'd you get you don't want to know you you would have <laughs> never heard of any of them <laughs> you know my my to go completely off the rails on trade deadline eve my brother-in-law is super into board games oh really so yeah like he like he's like reads blogs and hell like yeah very hell yeah very into it and i always anytime it's my kid's birthday i always say just get them a, like you choose the, a board game for them like get them a game and they always well, does. As, he never misses as i've gotten older i've begun to become uh, begun to uh respect how it uh forces you to just like be around people yeah definitely as opposed to like video games where i'm usually just doing it like silently yeah. <laughs> like in the dark mm-hmm so I, I do, I do like it for that reason, and uh, I'm figuring since we're having a kid coming up, yeah. board games will be like a nice, quiet thing we can do when the baby's asleep. So yeah, that's, and, that's my thinking. Then you get some. Then when your your kiddo gets older, you can play games, and, and and I've learned that games is really just teaching kids how to take turns and like to be nice to each other. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm trying to. Uh, I want my kid to be a huge nerd that's like quiet and just reads in the corner. So this is... <laughs> while you play board games, like shut up, <laughs> read your book. Games, yeah, <laughs> uh, Deal Zone. The Deal Zone. You have thoughts on this Harden Simmons saga? I mean, this is kind of it's it's crazy how fast it's escalated. I think for it to get done by the deadline, Brooklyn has to feel like, oh, they can definitely move Tobias Harris if they need to. Yeah. Because that's what this all comes down to. If Philly can clear the space or at least threaten to clear the space and it's believable where they could just sign James Harden outright this summer, yeah, that's when Brooklyn's going to be forced to do something. If they can't do that, I still think it might go to the summer. Yeah. It's... but. If I'm Brooklyn, like I think I might do it now, depending on what the deal is. Yeah, because one, I I, I do think Ben Simmons like makes a lot of sense. It's <laughs> a, so a ton, like, it is too so, much sense. It is so funny because we had a Nets pod just a couple weeks ago on Slam and Jam, and we I even asked about that on that show and. Like, yeah, I don't know. Ben Simmons, you know, whatever. And now, like, all the Nets people are like fully bought in on Ben Simmons. <laughs> like, f- like, fully. In. I mean, it, it's kind of dumb in one respect because, like, here's another guy who's just like ne- not on the court for obviously other reasons, not injury reasons. Yeah. But the way it's gone, I don't blame Brooklyn fans. Like, the fact that those guys have played what, however few minutes together, like, I would just be sick of it at this point. And the idea of like, not just banking on that, literally banking on it, like by paying all of these guys fifty million a year for yeah. the next five years, like that's terrifying. Based on what we've seen so far, it's always been theoretical. And until like you, we we got like one playoff series, yeah, and it was like yes, if they are all healthy, they are winning the title. <laughs> there is like no competition for them. Yep, but that's all we've seen. So I, I totally get it from Nets fans. Like just the idea of wanting to move on from this and just see a normal team. Yeah. 
Because what they're having to watch right now, what they had to watch last night Bro, with the Celtics. It was, I couldn't look away. I was on, we didn't even talk about it. Like I was on the, the Daily Ding last night. We didn't even talk about that game. But there was this like great Sixers Suns game going on. And I'm like, I, no, no, no. I want to see what it looks like to score four points in like the first eight minutes of a game. <laughs> Yeah, you know, seriously. It was so bad. And it's really, and some guy was like, yeah, well, they're missing all five starters. Like, bro, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if they're missing all five starters. The vibes around the Nets is just so horrific. Like, they're just, I, I don't even know. They, they Especially need, because. They need to shake up. Certainly, they need to shake up. That's a, that's a team. You know, I, we could totally imagine the Thunder <laughs> doing that, and they probably have done that, where they only score like four points in the first eight minutes or whatever. But the difference is that, like, yes, they're missing all their starters, but those are still like NBA vets out there. Like, yeah. it's still Patty Mills. I know Blake Griffin's not good, but like the the fact that that's what it's come to. Like, those are the guys that you're counting on in this moment. They've been here, and they just can't do it. Yeah, it's... there's just no there there with the Nets. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. It seems like a deal. It seems like a deal will get done. I just think that both teams now, are in position, and and perhaps the and the Thunder have a part in this in some way. And you wonder. I I don't think the Thunder would take on Tobias. However, the Thunder are in a position right now, and they've been in this position before with Daryl Morey recently with the the Chris Paul Westbrook deal where it's just like listen we've you ha, you you need us like if you right. want this you need us and so you could de- i mean this is where i think Presty is at his best is where you can just demand whatever you want and make it sound crazy but at the end of the day, like the negotiations have to be real enough for to put the pressure on the Nets to actually do the deal now. So you wonder if the Thunder are just like, hey, give us four, give us two unprotected picks and two unprotected pick swaps, like as far out as possible, and and we'll take on Tobias. You know, if that's if that's the kind of deal it is, it might be worth it because. The Thunder will, in theory, be good then. And you have these picks that could potentially, like Embiid, like we don't know how long Embiid is going to be great. You know, his the way that his body, the way that just he's built and the surgeries and everything that he's had going on, you doubt that he would be great in the next five years. I mean, perhaps he is. Perhaps, you know, medical science has advanced far enough where we can just help these guys stay healthy. But if it doesn't, you could see a world where those picks are actually pretty valuable. Yeah. I just, I still don't see Daryl Morey doing that because the he's in control right now. Like with that Russ deal, that was being pushed by Fertitta. That was being pushed by James Harden. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't think Daryl Morey on his own would ever give up that much and without without internal pressure from someone above him. I think they at least have to make it seem like it's real enough, though. You know what I yeah. mean? Where they're where they would bluff enough, you know, to yeah. say to say that it's real. I don't think the Thunder would would want to do it unless it was a crazy package like that. If they accepted it for less, I would be really shocked and really trying to figure out like what's going on here. 
because the Tobias Harris contract is one of the worst in the league right now. It is. And, and you know what? That's actually a nice lead into some of the deals yesterday because I was really fascinated yeah. by the response to the CJ McCollum deal. Yeah. Um, and that there were like legitimately people who thought that Portland got fleeced in that deal. And there are opinions all over the map. I, I, I read and listened to a lot and there's like zero consensus on what is to be thought about this trade. I still don't know what to think about it from New Orleans side, but from Portland side, like tell me the non all-star making 30 plus million dollars a year that you think is on a good deal. Like go look at the list. Yeah. Every non all-star who's making 30 plus million a year is generally considered to be on a bad deal right now. Yeah. I, I do think that they, and I don't blame them for doing it, but they're selling at probably CJ's lowest value. Like he's not had a good season. And the the risk in like keeping it going is like, listen, you're not going to get any better than this, you know. And but at the same time, like, what did, what did people expect? Like, is a they got a lottery pick? Like that is likely going to be a lottery pick for CJ McCollum, who's I mean, it, again on it, a bad deal. It, what did you think they were getting better than that? I don't know. I don't know. I sp- I, like. I don't. I know. see that as an awesome. Like this reminds me of the Vucevic to the Bulls deal mm-hmm. last trade deadline. Sure. Where like maybe it ends up working out next year when Zion comes back for New Orleans. Yeah. But I don't think that getting CJ is miraculously going to turn the Pelicans into a playoff team. And so if this ends up where Portland is getting like the number ten pick mm-hmm. in addition to their own pick, knowing that they had to move this guy. I just think that's like a home run deal, leaving aside everything else they got. It really just deal. depends if Zion comes back. This and we've year. heard nothing. Like there's been, there's no update. Yeah. Zero update. Yeah. If he does, if he comes back and they're playing Minnesota in the play in and then they make the playoffs, you know, it's not, it's not totally impossible. Even if they don't have Zion, like, like do we trust this Minnesota team? Why do we trust this Pelicans team? <laughs> I'm not saying I trust the Pelicans team. Like I just don't know who I would pick in that series and like that play-in game. I think any, anything can happen when you get in a play-in game. We saw that last year. You know. Yeah, for sure. I just I have I just haven't liked the way New Orleans has constructed this team. Uh, oh, I continue to dis- not like it's it. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's I would be I would be really upset if I were a Pelicans fan because they have botched. Like you have Brandon Ingram and Zion. Like wow, great start. They've botched almost everything since then. They have and I I get the argument that like they need shooting because Nikhil Alexander Walker <laughs> I looked at his stats for the first time it's this not season. Good. Not good. Not good. He's been very bad. Yeah. At least as far as shooting is concerned. So you know, I get that for them. Mm-hmm. And I get having another creator. I, yeah. I like CJ's going to be helpful. Yeah. I just th- it it feels like a no plan B trade. Like I don't yeah. think you're going to get positive value again for CJ McCollum. I think this was the last chance to get positive value for that contract. Yeah, I think that's true. Until maybe the last season at the trade deadline when he's an expiring or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, I, I don't also, know. I liked, I, I was a little floored by the deal until I saw that they included Larry Nance in the deal. And then it's like, okay, like that's at least another rotation player. Like that's, is it? That's good. 
I keep saying this about I, I keep saying the same thing about Larry Nance. He never plays. Like dude's always hurt. Yeah. He's been hurt now for three straight seasons. I know. Missing like huge chunks of the season. When he does play though, he's a helpful player. Of course he is. He doesn't play though. <laughs> he's always yeah. hurt. What's his injury right now? He's knee. Yeah. His knee. He has one. What's the what's the injury though, do you know? Uh knee, Andrew. <laughs> he, it says uh he had a setback from recovering from his knee injury and will yeah. be reevaluated. Yeah. There's no timetable for his return. That was yesterday. Yeah. Update. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's that, that, hey, at least it's a familiar statement, you know, for Pelicans fans. There's no timetable. I know. See, I think the I think Thunder fans should be enjoying what the Blazers are doing right now. Because it's 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 these trades where like you don't really care what you're getting back, yeah. Because you're just trying to clear the decks, mm-hmm. and those are like the funnest trades because ever it opens up so many possibilities. Yeah. Like now it all could fail, definitely. It absolutely could fail, and Portland could fall on their face. Yeah. But it's way better than what they had, and this idea that they were going to trade CJ for someone who fit better than CJ and was immediately going to start playing for them, like yeah. these one-for-one one deals, like mm-hmm. that was never going to happen. For one, that hurts their own pick, yeah. which is the entire point of the rest of the season. Did you see some of the lineups they threw out last night? They're a serious tank contender, Andrew. I'm, I am worried. And the fact that we've already lost two games to them, they're playing a guy I had never seen his name before last night. That- his name is Kelgin, K-E-L-J-I-N, Kelgin Blevins. <laughs> Have you ever heard that name before? No, they are. They, you're right. They're a legitimate tank contender here. And they did like an almost. They did a hockey sub where they brought on C.J. Ellaby, Trenton Watford, Greg Brown, Kelgen Blevins, and Dennis Smith Jr. They were playing those five guys on a basketball court at one time. Yeah. They're t- that is terrifying to me. Yeah, as a Thunder fan. Yeah, we've talked about this, but Dennis Smith is is he. He's one of the worst players in the league that people know who he is. Uh, that that may that might be. They um, I mean, the good thing is we're still three games up on them, but we have two games left against them. Those games are extremely important. They at least need to go five hundred, at least, so that they don't get it. So at least they don't lose the tiebreaker immediately. I don't know how the. What happens if they both if they do end up two two? I think it goes division. Divisional record, I think, is oh. the next one. Oh man, let me so, let me look at this divisional record. Yeah, I don't division, know. Division, division, division. We have eight wins. They have seven wins in division. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's away. Sorry. Oh my gosh, they have one win in the division. We have three. That's because of the two wins against them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, any, I mean, anything can happen from here, and. I mean, we've seen it. The Thunder are developing real habits. They're developing real basketball habits. And the Blazers is, is, I mean, they're one of the most uninspiring basketball teams I've ever watched. It was was embarrassing. And they're going to be terrible the rest of the season. The one good thing I could say is that if it ends up, because I'm serious when I say, like, they are not, like rebuilding, like they are keeping Dame. They are going to make, try to make big moves yeah. to get other guys in either in the next 24 hours or in before, before the end of the summer. 
if they moved up in the draft, but not to like number one or number two, mm-hmm. I, I think they would be a potential candidate for a trade up trade. Yeah, they could be. Especially if you offered them additional first, which would just increase their asset base. Yeah. So they could make more of these trades. Because that was the entire problem with Portland is that, like they didn't have any assets to upgrade this roster around Dame. They're finally starting to get some assets in. Like if they go into the summer with two lottery picks, like that's huge. Mm-hmm. You can actually do something with that. Yeah. And so I do think there's a potential there. Yeah. Yeah. There's there certainly is. There's also potential that the Blazers go get guys that help. And I mean, Josh Hart will help them. Yeah, I think you know? he's he would look great next to Dane. He yeah. makes sense next to Dane. He will I mean, he will play hard in those Thunder games. His part part is what I'm thinking about too. <laughs> you know, when they play them again. <laughs> and he will help them. And there's been and you know, we've talked about Jeremy Grant a lot. It's not it's 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 a destination that satisfies all parties almost, right? Or if they did want to acquire him, he would be the number two, right? Who? Jeremy. Yeah, that that's like one of the few places in the NBA where I think a Jeremy Grant trade makes sense. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows my thoughts on Jeremy Grant. Yeah. N- not a big fan. Hate. But... Pure hate. <laughs> him going to like a real contender yeah. where they're asking him to be his Denver role again and he's unhappy about that versus him going to Portland where he legitimately would still get those touches and would help them a lot because he'd be one of the best defensive bigs they've had in recent memory. Yeah, right next to Larry Nance. Right next to Larry Nance, who played 37 games. (laughs) Like, that makes sense to me. So if that ends up being what they do, they bring in Jeremy Grant, now you're, like, looking for one more piece using whatever's left after that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not going to be good. Like, they're not going to be a real contender. No. But I bet back if you go back to when we traded Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. there are probably a very surprising percentage of fans who would have loved to go the route that Portland is currently gr- going, which is let's just keep our guy because even if we don't win, it's just cool if Dame stays in Portland his whole career, yeah. ends up being the face of this franchise for now and forever. He's only ever associated with Portland. Like There is value to that, especially in a local market. And I have no doubt there are Thunder fans who would have preferred that route yeah. with Russell Westbrook over what we're currently doing. <laughs> yeah, probably. And you could look back at the Chris Paul deal and be like, you know, what did they really get out of the Chris Paul deal anyways? Like, you know. Yeah. You could you could walk down that road, but... <laughs> Alex Bowlerjack asks, is Jeremy Grant Baisley with confidence and a 15% better jumper? <laughs> is that what you think, so, Al? So better. Is he a better Baisley? Is he a better Baisley? I mean, yeah, he, he, he is. That's a better player, though. That doesn't mean like they're equal. He's a significantly better version of Darius Baisley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you hear of Baisley after the game the other night? Yeah, I thought that was that was very uh, introspective. That was very thoughtful. I was trying for him to ask to, to repeat all the things we've said on the podcast. I was I was the one who asked him too, and I was trying to be as delicate as possible when I asked him. Yeah, um, and I was just like, "Is there anything that you want to work on on the offensive end for the rest of the season?" 
and he, yeah. you know, said that he shot the ball like trash. I was like, wow, good job, Darius. You know, he he really does understand what he needs to do. Uh, he's been better. I'll just say that he's been better, and he has it, that. Golden State game though it was really a tale of two halves like go back and watch his shot attempts like it was bad in the first half like he had the really cool tip from the it was from cool. the tip it was cool from the jump ball tip like that was very cool and that counted as an assist for Josh Giddy because I went back and watched Giddy's assist I was like oh that's kind of a fun assist yeah 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 but he he's still like so many I wouldn't I wouldn't say aimless drives it's not like Nader drives where you don't know what's going to happen you know what's going to happen with Bays oh you know. You know that it's he's gonna miss it in some <laughs> weird way. Yeah, it, these herky jerky moves that he does. There was st- there's still a lot of that in his game, though. Yeah. Oh, trust and, me. I I was sitting next to Joe Masato during the game, and there were I think two drives in particular where we kind of look at each other as he's driving, and we're just like, "Yep, we know where this is going." <laughs> he's kind of yeah. He's just trying to get the once he tr- is once you see him trying to get there. When it's not a straight line drive, and a, I mean, if it's a straight line drive and dunk, like he's good, like he's legitimately good. But if he's having to make any sort of counter move, like you just know that it's it's he's gonna miss. He's it's just gonna happen. He and it and always it just comes back to shooting because when he hits two threes like he did in the second half, yeah, all of a sudden everything else just looks better. Oh yeah, like everything. Yeah, but when he's not hitting his threes, then everything else just like it's like what can he do? Yeah, and I'm glad he said he, he goes, needs to simplify his offense because that's exactly what he needs to do. It's like keep it extremely simple: straight line drives to the bucket, corner threes, and like clean up around the around the basket. Like yeah, because you can you can trick yourself into wanting him to do more because he'll have like he had a play against Golden State where he like went up and under. Yeah. And actually finished at the rim and it was like, wow, that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. But it's like him doing some elaborate move works like one out of every four or five times. I was gonna say it, it is a twenty to twenty five percent rate. And but when it works, you're like, wow, that was like super impressive. That was like very crafty around the rim. Mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm beginning to be to be in the keep Baisley camp. You know, I think that he's He's become somewhat of a success story from where he was picked and what he can be off the bench for this team. And he seems to have the right attitude. I know he's he's just a he's an interesting personality. Like he's got a he's got a strange personality, but he does seem to be bought in to what the team wants. And I think that's that's good. And he's still super young. You know, you might as well give him a second deal and and see what he becomes. And if he's only this when you're a good team, just having a versatile defender off the bench is pretty valuable. You know, there's a lot of teams that could use a wing defender. I mean, look at the Jazz. Like the Jazz could use Darius Baisley. Like they really could. Not for well, all, 30 minutes, but for like a 15 or 20 minute stretch, like they could really use him. And also on a good team, like all the things that we complain about, they're not wiped out, but they're like significantly less important because he's not getting that usage. Like exactly. he's not driving to the basket eight times a game mm-hmm. when he's on a good team. And that will just make him look even more valuable because then he's really just doing all the things he's amazing at. Yeah. If he could be athletic Patrick Patterson, 
Like, ooh, athletic two pat. Like, fine. You know, two pat had stretches where he was hitting threes from the corners and looked really good. Yeah. And, you know, move the ball. Great. Like, if you can be that kind of guy, cool. What, what do you think about the Jeremy Grant comp? Because he is bouncy like Jeremy is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's it's one that we've talked about a lot, you know. At least talked about like he putting Bays on the Jeremy Grant plan, you know. Yeah. And I don't know that he can do what Jeremy's done because it really is remarkable the progress that he has made. Because he was at one point, it's like man, he doesn't have good enough touch or rhythm or feel to be able to be anything but a backup center in the league, you know, and that's cool. You know, he blocks shots. He's not big enough to guard most centers, but if he can just get in there and play backup center, like fine. And then he evolved and he became, well, he's the starting four. Like he should be starting over mellow. And then, you know, ended up getting traded and playing really well for Denver. And, you know, now he's in this kind of weird zone where it's like, what is he wants to be what? And like, how does he fit? Like, where does he fit? You know, to even have those questions is interesting because like there's there's nobody questioning that kind of stuff with Darius. <laughs> it's like we know what Darius is. He's a bench player, and yeah, you know that's yeah. that's totally fine. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna get back into the deal zone. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it was time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Out. We just keep hearing a lot about Tobias to OKC. We we hear a lot about just basically the Thunder are open for business for salary dumps. Do you have any any thoughts or predictions on on what OKC will do in the in the coming days? Oh, hey Jay, Jay's here. What's up, Jay? Oh, what's up, Jay? 
I wonder how Jay's uh, doing because uh, he, ate, he ate a lot of hot sauces yesterday, including da bomb. It's a dice, sauce. a dicey situation. One I would not want to be in right now. I wonder if he's watching from the toilet. <laughs> Jay, be. let us know. Let us know, Jay. Where are you? <laughs> and send photo evidence, please. Um, uh, yeah, I I fully expect them to take on a contract. Though I do think it's going to be hard to get to the floor. It's like, going to be tough. It's going to be challenging, which means we may get the first like payment to some of the guys. Which for some of these end of the bench guys, like that would be huge. Yeah, that would be a financial boon. It would for be. for. For Paul Watson. <laughs> it honestly would be. It would. Yeah. For Daikite, that'd yeah. be a financial boon, Andrew. It would. Although, I don't know if they're going to sign. I don't know if he's going to stay or not. I think it will depend on what they do with their available roster spots. Well, in that case, like whoever whoever's got a 10-day deal at the end of the year, I'm assuming that would count. Would they Does get it? part of the payout? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know if they Man. Uh, but, uh, you know, they still could, like, if they... I don't know how many roster spots they currently have occupied, but... They have if, one open. They have one. So they could do another deck deal. Maybe with deck. Bring deck back. <laughs> no, but they could do it with, like, that, somebody random. We were talking about a potential deal earlier that would be hilarious. That would almost be funnier. If they were like, <laughs> all right, Gabriel Deck, come on back. We're going to give you $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> he's like also, so he's, pissed about his time but they're like we're doubling it and we're, we're doubling. and he's having visa issues again <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i would not be surprised to see them do a deal like that again with i mean they could front Somebody. load they could front load an aaron wiggins deal you know or yeah or something like that if they're wanting to if they make like a joe ingles trade or whoever you know that that came here and took a big chunk of that. You could, you could potentially get there if you just front loaded some contract to, to Wiggins or something like that. So it wouldn't be, it would not be surprising. I mean, they did that with Nick Collison. You know, they front loaded contracts to like eat up cap space. And at the time, it was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, and you know, they could. I could see a scenario where they do that and they 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 reach the floor. You know, they. They sure did it last year, and it didn't seem like they were going to be able to get there, but they did it. So, yeah i I don't have high hopes for this deadline, just in terms of personal excitement as a Thunder fan. Yeah, e- everything else, though. I mean that the Sabonis trade that was one of the more surprising trades oh, in recent memory. I'm still processing it because it was I, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, Tristan Thompson to the Pacers. Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, 2027 second round pick. So I, I, I consumed a lot of Kings content yesterday. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Deuce and Mo. <laughs> they do a YouTube show. That's good. But it's so rare for a guy who is considered a top five rookie. No, no one would question that. Top five rookie from his class. Like even if you put Bain and Maxi ahead of him for some reason. Sure. And Edwards yeah. and Ball, like he is top five in that class. Yeah. To get traded in his second season. How rare is that? It's very rare. Middle of his second season. Like, think about the way we have felt about every Thunder rookie. Yeah. Like every Thunder rookie that's taken in like the top 20 or so. Yeah. 
imagine trading that player in his second season. Be like, like trading it, Josh it, next year for yeah for a big that is all, don't it, like an who cares. Like, regardless of who it is, just the idea of trading away that player, like, that would be such a gut punch to lose Josh Giddy. Yeah. Even if you're getting back a player that you're excited about. And and what makes this so hard is that, and we're going to talk to Tark. We're, we're going to talk to Mark Schindler yeah. on, on Saturday Slam and Jam. Mm-hmm. And he had a tweet yesterday that said, uh, Sabonis is one of the most misunderstood players in the league, which I agree with. And I think him going to Sacramento amps that up to an even greater degree because it's like how do you judge this deal without thinking about the kings specifically and everything that comes with the kings like yeah. it's it feels like this is the most unfair trade to Sabonis because he was already kind of this very polarizing quote-unquote star yeah. I think that is only going to increase now that he is in Sacramento yeah. like this is an Awful situation. Now, it, they could make moves. Maybe they go out and get some shooters in the next 24 hours, and this roster starts making a little more sense. But as it is right now, like Halliburton is the guy you wanted, you would have wanted to run pick and rolls with, mm-hmm. Sabonis. Yeah, without a like, doubt. Like, he's the guy. Yeah. So I just don't know what this fit is going to look like. And I, and I feel bad for Sabonis because I'm already someone who was like a little wishy-washy on Sabonis long-term. And like, how do you build around this guy? Like how good of a team can you be if he's your first or second best player? I continue to think we're not going to find out the answer to that in Sacramento. Like it's just going to continue. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and the Kings, I mean, they make so many bad draft picks, you know, through the years. Marvin Bagley was a really bad one. They took Papayanis 13th in the draft. Millie Colley Stein, Nick Stauskas, Ben McLemore, Thomas Robinson, Jimmer Fredette. You know, the well, list is long. Think, and they finally take a guy that's good. Exactly. And they trade him. <laughs> yeah. It's like they finally did the right thing. The guy fell to them. Everyone universally agrees. That is an awesome steal for Sacramento. Yeah. He has this pretty significant jump in his second year when De'Aaron Fox is out. Yep. And you're starting to think like, oh, wow, could this guy be a lead guard? He just had 17 assists against the Thunder. Yeah, exactly. To lose a player like that, like that is, that is asking so much of your fan base without even factoring in that this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 15 years. Yeah. Like just, if, even if that was just a good team, like, like a good stable organization like the Thunder, that would be a gut punch to lose a player like that. Yeah, it feels it feels a lot like the the Kings brass were like, you know what? We got an all star for Tyrese Halliburton. Like, they, he, that is definitely the spin out there. And again, that feels unfair to Sabonis because it it's like it's going back to this idea that Sabonis isn't a real all star, you know, that kind of thing where like if he was in the West, he would have never made an all star game. Which could, maybe that's true. Could be true. I, I agree it is unfair to Sabonis. Sabonis is a good player. However, you need the right situation for it to be successful with Sabonis. You need versatile defenders around him. You need good shooters around him. You need rim protection around you, him. You need a rim protector. I mean, you, you basically, and I said this on the Daily Ding, like you need basically like all the role players and the talent that's in... Like if you put him in Phoenix instead of Aiden, it's like okay, you know, like that's that's the kind of situation you need where you just have like these Swiss Army knife defenders all over the place, and then you can have him like run DHOs and 
you know, play off of these like really great scores. Like that's the kind of stuff that you would need. And Sacramento, they they traded all of it to get him. You know, like they don't have shooting now. The shooting that they had, like they had a pretty decent shooting team. Not now. And they're going to play Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday. I mean, Justin Holiday has been good and has good chemistry with Sabonis, but like that's that's not the sentence you want to be saying. That's not the the, the defensible situation you want to have if you're a Kings fan. Yeah, I uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, Andrew. Oh, I don't think you? I don't think th- I don't think this deal is going to be the one. That's a bold statement, Al. Yeah, I know, I know. It might be too early. Some people will say it's too early to make a call like that. Yeah, but that that's just the way I feel. There are three games back of the Pelicans, who should theoretically be better, and that's just for the play-in. I mean, and who isn't taking the Spurs over the Kings right now? Like I, I still believe in the Spurs more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, they have an All Star. They do. They have an All Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, that that was a rough one, and for Indiana's side, like so exciting. Like oh, it, to it, get. To get on the flip side, to get a player like that, a top five rookie in his class in his second season, when you have already lived the Sabonis experience, because you you could have been excited about Sabonis, but like they've lived it, they've had many years with it, they've kind of seen where this could head. To now get that kind of fresh restart with someone like Halliburton, mm-hmm. even if people are maybe pumping him up a little too much in the aftermath of that trade, yeah. I would still be super excited as a Pacers fan. Oh, I love I love what the fit looks like there now, especially if Turner can come back and play and looks good. Like you have shooting all over the place now. Like add Buddy to that mix. It you know, Rick Carlisle has always helped guards overachieve. And you know, Halliburton feels like maybe the next guy in line, you know, for for Kyle, Carlisle to to help, you know, make a great offense. Like I, I worried about them as a tanking team. I worry a lot less now, you know, I think that they have guys that can, you know, move the ball. I think they have shooting now. I think they're going to be kind of, they're going to be a little frisky. I don't think they're going to be good. Like they're not going to go make yeah. the playoffs or anything like that. But I think I, I fear their tank a little bit less now. And I know they, they traded Levert. They got great value for Levert and Levert's kind of a ball stopper. And he's a guy who's good kind of like every other game or every three games, he's really good. So I don't know. I'm not a big Karis Levert guy. Um, so I, I really like what they did. Yeah, I feel similar to you, though. I'm not as worried about their tank anymore because they just have smart players, which Sabonis was a really smart player too. But if if there's any chance Miles Turner comes back, I think that relationship with Halliburton, which is oh. worth exploring now for them. Yeah. Like there, there's incentive to bring him back and see how it works. Like I think that is going to work really well. Yeah. And like Isaiah Jackson, super bouncy. Oh yeah, he's fun. Yeah. Duarte with those guys, like just now it, it was funny that they're already talking about wanting to move Buddy Healed. There was a report this morning. <laughs> Who's who <reported laughs> that? That the Pacers already want to do that. Um, okay, what if, what if going back to the Kings real quick? Yeah. If they move Rashawn Holmes for PJ Washington in some kind of construction, okay, would that make you feel a little bit better? Yes, I like that fit better. Because that is someone that the Hornets went after last summer. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about how the Hornets need a center. They don't want to. They want Mason Plumley. Yeah, that's like it, a, that's it a makes swap sense. That makes some sense both ways. Yeah, I like the fit of P.J. Washington next to Sabonis. Yeah, 
I would I would I would feel better about that then. So that's why like I want to wait because maybe the Kings surprise us and and go get some shooting yeah. and get some another big that makes more sense. Sure. Maybe. Sure. Even if I don't know do. why I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but let's just let's give them 24 hours. Yeah. Let's let's okay. see what they cook up. I'd be willing to do, to give them the 24 hours. Uh would you take Marvin Bagley? Like what's the what's the uh what's the most you would give up for Marvin Bagley to get him to OKC? Oh, I would give up nothing for him, but I would take him into space because I know that they don't want to pay his qualifying offer next year. Top 55 protected second? Sure. Although he does have a really interesting, uh, I forget what it's called, like a criteria or whatever yeah. for his qualifying offer based on how many games he either plays or starts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does not seem like he's going to hit that. So maybe the cap hit if he does take the qualifying offer won't be as bad yeah um but still you know yeah sure a second yeah yeah and really i'm I'm thinking more about tanking and reaching the salary floor in that deal <laughs> it's much less about like would you here we t- go marvin bagley but you give him ty would i give him ty jerome yeah that'd be a great fit on the kings i know some shooting yeah, he could he could be their, a guard off the bench for them. He could be Stauskas 2.0. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about pulling levers, one, that's a nice lever to pull because I feel like most Thunder fans wouldn't be upset by it at all. And they'd, oh. they'd be excited about Marvin Bagley. Until they would they actually play. be like overly. I think it would be a... Rusty oh, did it again. <laughs> the master to, at work. I think we'd have to calm some people down. <laughs> If that happened, this guy was drafted before Luka Doncic. Right, that's this guy who was second in the draft. I mean, there's the potential, right? Like he's got, like he's got the potential, right? That would be a huge move for local sports radio in Oklahoma City. That would they be. they would flip. They they would flip. We'd talk about where he was drafted. We'd talk about his high school career. You know, it'd be a great emergency pod. You know, to talk I'd be about. thinking about his defense and starting him at center the rest of the year. Oh, how bad they could potentially be. be one, I mean, the offense would somehow get worse. No, he, he 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 could finish some lobs. It's not that. It's not that. It's that he loves to freestyle. Dude, throw him the ball. Let him go to work. Let him clock in. Put on his he, hard hat. He wants to clock in. <laughs> He's he's open in the post. He's open in the I'm open in the post. Yeah, I I would I would do it just to see. I and I don't I personality wise, he's like the antithesis of what the Thunder want, you know. Probably. And you know the the story about like his the people around him and how they felt and like I don't know, like he's he yeah, has have, tremendous talent and does things that the Thunder like they frankly just don't have a guy that can do the things that he does. But at the end of the have day, have we ever personality have we ever had a player's dad tweet about the team? Oh, I guess Bob Muscala. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> we got we got Bob who, but Bob is positive. He's he's changed his ways. Okay, he's a changed man. <laughs> yeah, that is a funny one too. It is so fu- it's just it's funny because like Mike's not on Twitter. Like there's not like a social media presence for Mike, but there's like a big one for his dad who, yeah. And you know, if I, if my son, I would probably, I don't know that I would be as outspoken as, as Bob is, but you know, if your kid, I would definitely be lurking. If your kid is in the NBA, like you gotta be lurking. 
I'd have a couple burners. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would love to to figure out who some of the burners are uh, with the thunder. You know, somebody said we should invite Bob on the pod. What if that sounds like an idea? I don't <laughs> want to necessarily say that it's a good idea, but it's definitely an idea. <laughs> it's not something I'm willing to explore. <laughs> <laughs> It's not something we are willing to explore at this time, but please check <laughs> yeah. back later. Well, let's let's see when we get in the deal zone how we're feeling. If uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I I would be excited about a Marvin Bagley situation. It would just be it would be fun. It would be a fun thing to happen. I don't believe it will happen, but it would be fun. You know, um, that feels more like a Rockets thing. You know feels like more like a rocket situation to throw him into. Yeah, I'm really in, uh, I'm really interested to see what happens with the Rockets. If they don't trade Wood, I'll be like whatever. But if they don't trade Eric Gordon, yeah, I think he's That gonna, feels like a missed opportunity. I so I, I have to assume he's gone. Yeah, I think he'll get moved. And he could really help somebody. He's been actually super good this season. And yeah. he could make the difference for somebody. Like it's, I I think Phoenix is a good destination for him i think he'd make a lot of sense there off the bench so yeah should be the trade deadline i think is going to be very very interesting and if you uh want some place to to hang out similar to this we're going to be doing a, a live stream on youtube tomorrow at i think we're going to start at two thirty central uh, on the Athletics YouTube page, it's going to be me and Dave DeFore and Seth Partnow and Mo DeKeel breaking down the trade deadline. So we'll be doing that live. So you can come join us then. If some something happens, if we get a Marvin Bagley deal, if we get some kind of trade that uh, changes things for the Thunder, we'll probably do an emergency pod at some point as well. So be ready for that. And... Yeah, any predictions, Al? Any big predictions before we go? Uh, yes, I will predict this is the biggest trade deadline of our adult lives. Whoa. I can't remember what happened when we were children, but <laughs> of our adult lives, I will predict that this is the biggest trade deadline. And that's mostly because I, I think if that Harden-Simmons deal gets done, yeah, people have already tweeted about, like, the floodgates will open. I feel like they're already kind of opening because I don't know that a Halliburton yeah, deal would have gotten to. done if if they did true, if the true. Kings didn't believe that some something like this was already like in the works, you know. Yeah. I oh man, I'm so if that Harden deal goes down, it will be one of the like just like that's a 30 for 30. The just the arc of that story going back to when James was in Houston everything that happened with Ben Simmons, everything that we thought going into this year and have lived through yeah. for it to end in that way. And then the the possibility that oh. it actually might make Brooklyn better. Well, and the and possibility they of the meet. meeting meeting in the playoffs. Oh my gosh. Like that is that's that's every I mean that's a, that's a content creator's dream. So what dreams are made of. The only downside would be at least initially, there'd be a lot of Maury love. Like, oh, he was right. He held out. He got the top hey. 30 star. He actually got like a top 10, 15 star, depending on what you think of Harden now. He would des- he would deserve it because there's a lot of people that would have just said, like, just get whatever deal you can and like move on. 
move on. Yeah, probably Elton Brand if he was like still in the decision maker role. Exactly. The, the Buddy Heel Deer and Fox package probably would have already been done. Yeah, you know. And yeah, I don't I don't know if Harden, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't even know that Harden's like the right guy to trade for. But oh yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's already uncomfortable, so I, it is. You know, whatever. Uh, any thunder predictions? <sighs> this will be the least interesting trade deadline in our adult lives for the Thunder. <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about swallowing up a big contract, Andrew. That's going to be the exciting news we'll be talking about yeah, getting another on Thursday. Pick. Adding another pick. Woo! Yeah, I think so too. I think that's what, what it will look like. Uh, but I would love some juice. I'd love some juice. Kenny Hustle, is he, is he here or is he gone? I think he's here. I didn't mean that to sound so depressing. I think he's, he's here. here. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, however, I do think that there's a chance that a team like Utah or Phoenix or overpays somebody of that ilk feels desperation. Especially if, and maybe even somebody in the East, maybe even Milwaukee. I don't know. Does Milwaukee have any picks? Like they don't have any picks. Um, no, th- their deal would be like DiVincenzo. Mm, that'd be that'd be some juice. They should is it? They shouldn't do that. Really? Uh, that because if you go on Buck's Twitter, like they're trying to get rid of Divincenzo. I know, but he's still just just coming back from an injury. Still, like I wouldn't worry about him. He was he was a helpful player for them before he went down. Give him time. Mm. Give him time. Yeah, they're about to have to pay him. I guess you have to pay. Kenrich soon. Oh, by the way, what, what are how are people pronouncing Kenrich? Kenrick. Kenrick. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I heard Kenrick, and I was. Just it's like, just like I find that to be such an easy name because it's spelled phonetically. It and is. So my. Yeah, I know. I don't know why people try to get fancy. I don't know, but I've heard Kenrick Williams. And it's just like nails on a chalkboard. Got to get. Mm. Got to get Kenny Hustle's name right. Don't like that. No, don't like that at all. Yeah, I think that they are not going to do anything splashy. I think they will add a contract. I could see a Ty Jerome gone. I wouldn't be shocked to see Kenrich gone, but I don't think Michele's dreams of trading Dort are going to happen. You know, this this trade deadline. <laughs> Poor Michele. <laughs> Dort. And, and one of his favorite players, Sabonis, just got traded to the Kings. I know. It's been a bad deadline. It, is or it has the potential to be a very bad deadline for Michele. It's been a rough one for Michele. But yeah, should be. It's, I'm really looking forward to it, and you know, just keep keeping your phone close, scrolling, <laughs> keeping tweet deck up, just just watching the magic happen. It's uh, one of the more fun days of the year. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys are doing great. Let's go to the stream real quick. Let's see who's joined us today. Uh, also, be sure to leave us a f- Apple Podcast five star review if you want it read on the podcast. We'll read it on the Fry Pod. I don't. I think if you got the five star review in today, that it would be there for Friday. I haven't figured out the rhythm of the Apple Podcast reviews uh, because it takes some time for them to to go up after you've submitted it. So if if you want yours read on the pod on Friday, submit it. I would submit it today to see if you can make it. So. Uh, Trey Brown, Dylan Walker, Rog Thor, Hoops Talk 69, Jay, 
Um, and Ruda Archara. I'm sorry. That was a bad attempt. Uh, twice God. Whoa, check. Uh, let's see who else is here. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Fluky. JT New is here. Uh, James Anderson, TV's, TVO is here. Tyler Field is here. He says, pull the lever. What lever do you want pulled, Al? Does Tyler Field have his own logo? He does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good guy, That's Tyler cool. Field. Yeah. We got to get logos. I know. We got to get some. We need a logo. I need a logo. Hey, I didn't tell you. Uh, so our trade deadline awards. Yeah. My biggest fear has always been, what if an international listener wins? Uh-oh. Three. No. Germany, Greece, and Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was quickly Googling shipping prices, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I found out a great thing. You can send, you can ship a single card in yeah. a regular white envelope uh-huh. for a dollar, like, 30 anywhere in the world. Oh, really? I have no idea if it's going to get there, but I did ship them out. That's awesome. Yeah. It was o- cheaper than what I usually do. I had to overnight something for the athletic to LA yesterday. And guess how much it costs to do that? To where? To Los Angeles. It, probably like 50 bucks. $400. What? To overnight it. It was insane. Anthony. What? Anthony 1 or Anthony I. I don't know which it is. Brown Town. Um, TD Clips is here. Sigs Inside 2020. Uh, this guy sent us $9.99. I don't really know how that works. Uh, but he sent us $10. It says, trade Shea and build around Dort. I've seen enough. Wow. He's I've, the, I've the, seen people send money on YouTube shows, but I don't know where it goes. The, he's the, this is the anti-McKelle. This is the antithesis of McKelle right here. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, let's see who else is here with us. Simon Shin is here. Jake Arndt is here. Dean Sawyer. T. Dot. Thanks so much for joining everybody. JD Brown. What's up, JD? I think I saw JD at the game the other night sitting in some pretty prime seats. Uh, oh, hey, I saw a, a down to dunk listener. I, I met them at the Blazer game. Oh, who was it? Give him a shout out. Man, I wish you wouldn't have asked. I wish I wouldn't have brought this up. Hold on. <laughs> Alex Bullerjack is in the chat. Tyler Nevins. Uh, I met David Meadows. Oh, nice. He, he just moved to Portland. I don't need to get this whole story, but anyways, <laughs> I met a down-to-dunk listener. <laughs> <laughs> Jacoby King is here. Christopher Bruffett is here. Tommaso Ferrero is here. Braden Marshall. Frank Terman. Augusto Sarmento. Jay Smith. From the toilet. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Poppin is here. Thanks so much for joining the chat. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, go search Down to Dunk. Hit subscribe. Hit the little bell. You'll know when we go live. You can join us. Enjoy the trade deadline. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.